good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another the episode edition of the podcast with the host of this here pod- podcast. Grace podcast with all the land, all the land. I'll remember to say my name. My name's the Ted Smith. All right, uh, up there in the top square with a cat behind him, looking a little dangerous. Who knows what happens in Texas? He goes for the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? I forgot my name too, but I'm pumped, boys. I'm pumped because I think, uh, you know, I feel like this pandemic's almost over and it's going to be a good year. All right, down there getting the studio all set up on the wheels of steel. Matt Cover, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Man, it's just funny hearing the guy in Texas there. I feel, feel like the pandemic's over. <laughs> yeah. No, I said I think it's going to be. It's close. Gonna I mean, be, yeah. Biden said that the number of vaccines will exceed the number of adults in the U.S. at the end of March. The end of March? I believe that's what he said. This and he month? also originally had said 100 million doses administered within his first 100 days. I don't know if they're holding to that. But that's that's not the number of doses given. What I'm saying is they'll have manufactured enough that's one for every adult. Okay. So. Yeah, my mom got the uh, Johnson & Johnson one last week. One shot. She's done. Oh, nice. Boom. I love it. Down here, they uh, just um, turned the, well, Ted, you're a big Formula One fan. They turned the track, Coda, Circuit of the Americas, into a mass vaccination site. So they're going to start doing, pumping 50,000 Texans a week through that thing. Good. Yeah, I want to say, if I had to guess, the race in America this year is October 24th, if I had to guess. (laughs) The F1 race. All right. I don't know how you're so international, but it always impresses me. You follow cricket, like English soccer, Formula Un. I mean, you really are more worldly than people give you credit for. <laughs> well, that's a long list. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to start with today. Uh, so, right, like I have this cyst on my neck, right? And it's grown back in the same spot. So I've gotten it operated on twice and it keeps growing back so like like it's not like gonna rupture or anything so then i scheduled a doctor's appointment in like general surgery right at the other place and they were like all right come in monday we'll give you a general exam and i was like oh, all right and they were like yeah you got to meet the other doctor so i really like this doctor i was there for like 10 minutes well you know it's a doctor's office so you got to wait around and then he came in, did the general exam, which was not much. And then he's like, yeah, man, like, I don't think it's cancerous. I've seen this a lot. And then I was like, yeah, you can see the other incision. And he's like, all right, just want to get it done today. Like, just wait around like 40 minutes and we'll take it out. And I was like, yeah, right. Like, then you can see it, like the bandage back there and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. So it was kind of funny, like. like, I was sitting there and they're doing like the surgery. And I was like, well, why wouldn't you pick it? Like, why wouldn't you just do it now? Like, it seems like an easy choice. Well, you know, they probably didn't know what they were going to be dealing with. So they couldn't tell, you know, if they just schedule it for now or just if they have to have an exam and then go in later. No, no, no. I mean, like I asked, I asked like the nurse, I was like, do people like with this option say no? And she's like all the time. And I was like, yeah, I think people, surgery freaks people out. 
Yeah, I get maybe that's just more my spirit. That's what I'm trying to get to, like with you guys. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you have a chance to get something done that you need done, like, let's just do it. Yeah, Ted, I don't think anybody makes it on this podcast without without being a, a say yes guy. Um, did they use the silver nitrate on that thing? Did they burn it? Yes. So they did you experience extreme pain? At one no, point, the, the most painful part is when they hit it up with like the the local uh, anesthesia. Oh, they give you an anesthetic. Okay. Yeah. So that like burns, you can feel that like going in and stuff, but no, like it's so weird. It's, it's on the back of my neck. Right. So I'm just, and you know me too. I like the, the girls like we can get you a robe or you can just, and I, I'm already like taking my shirt off. She's like, or you could just take your shirt off and lay there. And I was like, yeah, let's just do that. Like, yeah, let's do it old school. Let's get it done. <laughs> <laughs> then she goes, Ooh, I might have to shave around you a little bit. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I haven't trimmed my back in a while. That makes sense. But no, it's just weird because you're like, I'm face down the whole time. So I feel like the the needle pricks and everything. And like, I don't really care about needles, but I couldn't watch it go in. And they had to hit it a few times. And that stuff does burn. Mm-hmm. But then like, I don't know, man, like people are going to be getting sick. Listen to this. But then it's just like, cutting and stuff but it's just so odd because you're just face down and you can i could feel like blood and stuff like dripping out then he's like everything all right down there i'm like yeah i wish i had some coffee (laughs) right because you know me like it's the morning but i was like it's like i'm just tired doc but then yeah then they burned it like they put some sutures in and then i don't know they were cooking something you could hear it sizzling yeah dude that's silver nitrate i believe so uh, you know, of anybody who could understand you, I've had a very similar experience, Mr. Smith. So I get you. I hear what you're saying. I had a cyst, a pilonidal cyst, um, for you, uh, you know, medical enthusiasts at home, which is a cyst that is tucked just underneath the end of your tailbone. So it's kind of right at the top of your crack. And, uh, it was, yeah, probably the same thing, like the size of a shooter marble or so. And yeah, they had to split it open and then they throw the silver nitrate on a Q-tip in there. And it's, a uh, I think it's mainly an anesthetic, but it just, I mean, uh, what's that called? Uh, an Anna shoot. I don't know. Something for sanitizing it. And, uh, yeah, it was painful as hell. Cause I wasn't on, uh, what's it called? No anesthesia, but, um, dude, that's pretty cool. So it's feeling good now. Yeah. I mean, you had to be careful. Like yet today in the shower tomorrow, like should be all right. And I'll go back to the gym. It's just weird. Cause there's stitches in there. And like, I kind of forget, like yesterday was kind of sore, but like today, a couple of times, like I went to like crack my neck or something. It was like, Ooh, Ooh, don't do that. Yeah. She's going to get itchy to it, but dang man. But I'm telling I mean, you, so, he was physically burning it. Cause you could hear the sizzle. Yeah. That's silver nitrate. You can, you can definitely hear the sizzle. I could smell it too. And, uh, it was, he, he, he the guy I had was young. He was probably 35. I think I was 27 at the time. And uh, so we were just cracking jokes, BS or whatever. It was like pretty good time. It was cool. You, you could tell we had that moment where it was like, man, in any other setting, like I think we would be friends. But uh, he was like, he was like, hey, I got to hit it with the silver nitrate. It might be a little bit painful. And I was like, shoot me straight, man. How bad? He goes, between you and me, he goes, it's going to burn like hell. And I was like, okay. And it's just like, I like when they're up front with it, where some people I think like to be like, oh yeah, it's going to be fine. Bah! And they hit it. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of wild being a general surgeon. Yeah, but this one I'm telling you was more like a like a hot gun because he called it specifically like the hot something. That's what I'm saying. They were oh, were they like cauterizing it? Yeah. And then he was like, because I've had it in there twice. He was like, 
all right, listen, I cut out like a chunk of skin too. He's like, this should not come back this time. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I was sitting there, it was a Monday morning. And then I was like, I was like, yeah, we can do this. Let's just do it. But it kind of sucked. I had technically a minor surgery, still went to work. And then I was like, I mean, like, what are you going to give me some Zannies or something? He's like, no, man, just take some Advil. Yeah, oh. it's like, get out of here. Right? <laughs> and then I was laughing. Is right, like, BSing or BSing with the nurse or I think technician. I shouldn't call them nurses. He's got titles. But we were, they were talking about their kids and something. Like, what do you do for birthdays? And then he starts telling a story, right? So, I mean, I, you know me. I'm just laying there like, all right. And he starts telling a story about him and his brothers. Because he's the youngest brother. Had this game where they closed out all the lights and, like, would hit each other's with pillows and they called it like midnight or something. Darkness. That's what they called it, which I giggled because I heard Charlie Murphy's voice when he yeah. said darkness. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, man, I'm sure we got a bunch of concussions. And he just kind of leans over and goes, does that make you feel better? Knowing I had a bunch of concussions. <laughs> <laughs> like I respect the humor. Right? And I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. As you're literally under the knife. <laughs> right? Like just keep that hand steady, mate. That's all I ask. <laughs> Focus. Focus, right. Oh man. And since the time I got it, I think it's the first time I haven't had my gold chain on. Oh, oh dang. Wow. Yeah. She was like, I gotta take it off. And I go, Can you help me? And she goes, What do you mean? I go, the clasp is not normal. I got it from India and the clasp is like kind of religious or something. And she's like, Oh, I'll take a look at it. And she's like, never seen a chain like this i was like i know and i was like my buddy's indian he hooked me up shout out to ash is imported <laughs> right i was like and you know me i had to be like well it's cheaper it's like you know 24 carats 500 dollars. like whatever she was like all right <laughs> she got it off. she's like it is nice i was like thank you thank you that's real weight on that thing man <laughs> <laughs> i worked hard for that chain yeah right <laughs> uh, dude, just that's weird. hilarious yeah, I told her, I go, I go, man, I'm going to put it on me. Then I go, I don't think I've never taken the thing off. Since you really? got it? Like, literally? Yeah, never. <laughs> you can, it's real gold. So you can swim in whatever kind of water in it and stuff. And like, yeah, I've never, I've never un, unclasped it. In how long? All right. So he gave that to me at Brad's 50th. How old is Brad now? What was that four years ago? Five years ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Dude, and th this actually does make a lot of sense within the world of TED if you think about it. So most people probably already know this. I'm sure you two do, but maybe some people don't, which is that, you know, um, so with like, I don't know, in the hood, like you always hear of rappers and stuff wearing gold chains and specifically drug dealers. And it's because you can use it to post bail. And so it really makes sense to me that like given like where you grew up and like, I don't know, just like the way you live your life, I guess like it, it actually works that you have a gold chain. Not that you've ever had to post bail, but just, I don't know, man, it kind of makes sense with the narrative to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I yeah, that sounds about right. I've posted bail before, but also you're right, man. I just I figured you might've. <laughs> yeah. The music I listened to and stuff, like I always wanted a gold chain. So when I, when I first met Amit at the Guns N' Roses concert, I was like, that's a really nice chain. And he started telling me like, you know, where he, he got it from India. And this, so he was like, when I, so like 
we were right. We were watching Guns N' Roses at the Gorge. And I want to say like a couple months later, like he sent me a text and was like, dude, if you really want one? Like I'm in India right now. I'll go buy you one. And I was like, yes. Wow. And then the next awesome. time I, yeah, the next time I saw him was Brad's 50th. And he's like, I got the chain. I was like, nice. Wow. Wait, so um, so how did he choose out or ch- so how did he decide? How did he choose which one uh, to get you? Like, were you guys just FaceTiming or something? No, it's like you, if you meet a lot of Indian dudes, they'll often have that same like size rope chain that I have. So I think it's, it's bigger over there. And the class oh. was like the old school infinity symbol. So I think it might oh, have cool. something to do culturally. But we were just sitting there shirtless at the gorge, like hanging out. And I was like, man, I really like the chain because it just like it, the gold is a little shinier. Like it never fades. You can leave it. So he he just like started explaining to me how he got it. And like, I was like, oh, you like, yeah, if you get a chance, like I'll take one. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Very, very cool. Right. So there's not because right, like regular gold chains you buy are going to be lower, higher carrots. You can get Cuban length or whatever. But like, yeah, I like that one. So it just stays on. And then every once in a while, you'll meet somebody that's like, I know that gold. Like it's Indian gold. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it is it is crazy like it, you know our love for gold so all the gold in all the world fills about two olympic swimming pools which that's not that big i mean that's a lot of gold but you know i mean olympic swimming pools are what, like 50 meters long like that's crazy like that's all there is you know all the gold you see like everything you hear about in like the vaults and gold bars and stuff like that's it as far as we know wow yeah. It's crazy, man. And it's weird, too. It's like back in the day, right? Like I wear a watch, too. But it used to be like if you had a gold chain, you had to have a gold watch and this and that. And then over the years, it's kind of all those rules have gone out the window. But for a while there, too, I don't think gold was as cool. Remember, like in the mid like 2000s, everything was platinum. Platinum. Platinum was hitting, man. Platinum and diamond encrusted. I feel like now gold's kind of coming back for Again, like just for me, I was just like, man, I always wanted a real gold chain. So I was like, no, nah, I got one. <laughs> yeah, dude, that is cool, man. Yeah, platinum for a minute was just, that was like the quote unquote, like bling bling era, you know? Every time I come around you, Sydney, it was, bling, it was bling. a ludicrous era. I don't feel like I ever heard ludicrous mention gold. Luda! There's, yeah. there's a few platinums in there. There is, but I, I, yeah, that's a good question. I was about to say, I bet he's back to gold chains. It'd be interesting to note to see that. Yeah. And he might've gotten his start like in Atlanta during uh, the gold, the prior gold phase. Yeah. Ludacris is a smart dude, man. He's got a college degree. Did you see he just got his airlines uh, or his pilot license? No way. Really? Yeah. I saw a video of him like flying a plane and he's just like, what? Yup. He's just like, Luda. <laughs> dude that's awesome man. that'd be so cool to have a pilot's license yeah and it's funny too as you think about rappers like we always think about like their songs and their hits but it's also like yeah i mean the dude's in his 40s now he has a boatload of money he's an actor I mean, he doesn't just run around in town i don't know doing what he used to do so now he's like yeah i got a pilot license <laughs> yeah it makes sense like if they're not holding down a regular nine to five like they've got the free time you know yeah, and even like most of those guys like they've made their money. And even in that industry, I ima- like I imagine it's got to be like TV or Hollywood. Like a lot of those projects are probably like two months of ridiculous amount of work, and then you get it like not nah, I'm sure not months off, but probably months where you're not super busy. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. There's there's months where you probably have nothing going on. 
I mean, I just read Matthew McConaughey's book and he was saying that times there was like, you know, 10 months where he would have nothing and he'd just go travel. Yeah, that dude's crazy. All right. <laughs> Speaking of rappers, has anybody watched the Biggie documentary yet? Uh, I haven't. I've just heard about it. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah. Matt, have you seen it? No, no, I, I want, I saw like the first half and then I, I didn't fall asleep during it. I hit pause because I could tell I was going to fall asleep and I didn't want to. You know what, bro? I respect that move. Yeah. Which like, is not my usual move. I will fall asleep. No problem. See, like my rule is if it's a half hour show, I usually try to finish it out. But if it's like an hour long drama, like, especially if you're dozing off, like you got to pay attention to stuff. So like, yeah, I, I have no issue hitting the pause button and saving it for another day. I mean, Christ, I'm thinking about half, half, half the second half of a show I'm going to watch right after this podcast. <laughs> but no, the thing I wanted to talk about the Biggie doc, a lot of gold chains in that one. First of all, it's crazy. Like he's such a legend. You, I forget how old he was when he died, right? He's in his early twenties. Yeah. But and if you're if anybody listening to this is a Biggie fan, like you know most of the stuff that happened, but to see the behind the scene footage is just wild. And his one buddy just has like a camcorder, and it kind of it got me thinking. Like we're so used to like filming things or taking photos of things or just seeing actual photos of everything. Like when him and his buddies were doing that, it was like unheard of. And then Cobb, you'll respect this. His one buddy, D-Rock, he was like, hey, man, you go out and hype up the crowd. And then when I come out, like, you're part of the show now. When I come out, you always be behind me so we can see, like, the crowd's reactions to certain songs. And basically, because they had it on film, that's how they started building their set list of what songs they'd start with or what they'd end with. Right? Because Oh, they go back and watch the tape? Yeah. They were, like, breaking down film like you would as an athlete. But it just... I just couldn't get past it. And they're like, yeah, we just got used to D-Rock having the camcorder. And it's like the same stuff we do now, like him in a mirror being like, all right, we're going to go do this and that. It just, I, I thought it was pretty cool. And it was a real behind the scenes look. Oh yeah, dude, that's way ahead of its time. And, uh, you know, just a weird tie in. I know, um, uh, Gary V that YouTube dude, his filming guy is named D-Rock. And I don't know if that's just a nickname because of Biggie's guy or what, but he's like always talking about his, his dude D-Rock dude. That, it's weird how stuff like that seems so uh, in hindsight, it seems obvious, but at the time it's groundbreaking, you know, like filming yourself doing stuff. Um, there's a lot of other examples like, you know, um, uh, actually a good example, Ted, is that one time when you had us get picked up in a black town car before there was Uber and I'm like, oh yeah, boom. Oh. Like, of course now Uber's a thing. And, you know, I've just seen like countless examples of that. And people are like, oh, people looking back, in time are always like, Oh, I could have come up with that. And it's just like, you know, like it's obvious now, but it's not so easy before you've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Especially in intervention, intervention. Yeah. Intervention. intervention in like business is tougher, right? Like in sports, it's a known thing, right? You, somebody's running a better offense. Well, you just kind of copycat it, start doing what they're doing. But, you know, like the first person to come up with that business is a lot tougher. You haven't seen anybody else doing this stuff. Yeah. And oftentimes there's things that you don't know they're doing um, that only come out way later. But, uh, you know, it happens in, in a lot of spheres. I mean, like, you know, um, like they only say like good artists, right? Great artists copy or something like that. Great artists steal. And it's like, you know, everything is so there's a 
documentary called Everything's a Copy, I think. And it's about the almond break. If you're familiar with that, it's a, um, uh, it's a little instrumental piece that is used in hundreds of rap songs. And, uh, you know, same thing. It was just, it was copied and then, um, uh, what's the word like remixed and, and mixed and used and it's used as a bed for tons and tons of songs. So yeah, I think everything's a copy is what that's, that's called, but yeah, I'm, uh, I agree. And the almond break. I was like, I think you mean the almond joy, my man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I was going to say, and then I read another thing on Buzzfeed today that was just like, people were talking about their friends that are uh, like influencers. And it's just like, it's like almost now we've gone like the opposite way. Cause it's like, sometimes I, I know some people that like, I just feel like they're so busy filming or taking pictures. It's like, are you really enjoying this? hundred percent, man. It, uh, you know, I'm all for people living their life however they want, but I do think that a lot of people are just doing stuff, you know, for the photos, the video, the whatever, and they don't actually enjoy the moment. And, you know, the joke is really on them at the end of the day, because they're going to get to the end of their life and have all these photos of times that, you know, they didn't really enjoy. So yeah, I, I think there's a healthy balance there somewhere. Even at the beginning of the documentary that I saw, it was like I was, I was taken aback of like, oh, this is like them just hang this kind of footage. Like you said, Cobb, it's like ahead of its time. And, you know, I was just thinking like, this is something I want to see. Like in people's Instagram feeds are filled with stuff I really don't care about. And, uh, you know, there's exactly there's too much. But seeing Biggie in the 90s, like was such a treat of that kind of just like, you know, everyday footage of, you know, them in the hotel room or whatever it was. <laughs> and, and Matt, I agree 100 percent. I was going to say, how baggy are those clothes? Dude. Yeah. Unbeatable. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, trip down memory lane and just, yeah, crazy, crazy nostalgia. I'm excited to finish it up. That's the thing with old footage is I feel like a lot of the time it's not even the subject of the footage, like what they thought they were capturing. It's all the little things and all the details, you know, like baggy clothes and whatever. And you're like, oh, that like that cup is totally like that Dixie cup is totally from the 90s. I remember that or like that Glade plug in in the wall or whatever, that phone. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they're on like a, maybe like a little Nokia, like those snake phones, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I feel like it's always the the details. And I think that's why not to go too tangential, but I think that's why with like Hollywood movies and stuff, they try to shoot it in like a real place, like a real cafe or a real whatever. Cause it's like those details, like the dented door or the flickering fluorescent sign that you would never be able to get otherwise. Yeah, it's also uh, it's also just kind of crazy too. Like with his mom, like number one, I never realized that basically he told his mom never listen to my music. Like I'm playing a character. Like you don't want to hear this. Like which I kind of respect, right? Like there's yeah, I respect that. There's jokes and stuff I say on the menu all the time that I'm happy my mom doesn't listen. Like I've told her don't listen to our podcast. You don't need you don't need to hear this, mom. <laughs> right? Especially in the old days. But yeah, his mom even, and she finally listens to it. I want to say like after he dies or something or something. And she, but she only listened to it once. God damn it. Sorry, Matt. I'm ruining the movie. For it's you. okay. But it's also funny that like when Puffy gets involved with him, like we know Puff Daddy or P Diddy is this like amazing, you know, super smart dude and everything. 
And his mom is just like, I'm going to leave my son's well-being up to a man named Puffy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. You never think about it like through their eyes. Like even with big business stories, you're like, oh, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook or Elon Musk, Tesla. But video footage like that and stuff shows like the real human element of grinding that stuff out and actually getting it done. That's really cool. They have that footage. I would love to see that. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good documentary. If you're a Biggie fan at all, I say you watch it. If you're just interested in kind of that era and stuff, like watch it too. But it's, yeah, it's big, pretty big good. Fan. Yeah. And you also, like I do this too. Like you just forget sometimes when it comes to famous people. Like that's just a real dude that like mm-hmm. found the talent and is using it. Especially with how legendary he is, you know, and like dying at an early age, you know, definitely cements something like that in place. Uh, but yeah, just just with how much of a legend and icon in it he is. And like with each day, each year, he's that much further away from being a mortal. He's that much more immortal the further away we are from his death. And so to see that footage where he's just a dude and it's just like. It's a trip. And that's again, I haven't even seen the full thing. I'm stoked on it. Yeah, that is the weird, weird thing about media, you know, is it really does elevate people to the level of God. Sorry to go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. I was just I was going to take a break there and come back with some emails. But uh, yeah, you're right, man. Like even sometimes with news reporters and stuff like you get caught off guard when you see them out in public. Like, yeah, man, that's just that's just what they do. It's a normal person. Yeah. Getting gas like the rest of us. (sighs) See you boys at the car wash. All right. We'll be back after this. All right. Well, let's read some emails. Uh, What's up, fellas? Uh, you wait, uh, you dudes rock Steven. That's oh, essentially cool. the email. Thank Love you. Steven. By the way, for the record, Cobb reads these every week. And like, sometimes Cobb will say something like I haven't proofread read them. Even if you had earlier in the day as somebody that like reads stuff on the air every day, like it's a pain in the butt. And mm-hmm. like, this is a little easier as it's just three of us, but like, like the TV stuff I do for TV time, like I've read it the jokes I've read out loud, but then you, you pass like four hours and you got to read it again. Like, I don't think people understand. So Cobb, I appreciate you reading the emails every week. No problem, man. No problem. Um, I try to just kind of gloss over if I can't, yeah, figure out a sentence or something. Hey gents, uh, for the cop topic, someone who helped me along the way was my high school counselor. Backstory is, uh, when I was in elementary school, we were neighbors and I was best friends with her kid. She knew my family was a little dysfunctional to the point that when I got to high school, she told me she was happy. Uh, she finally had me for counseling. I won't get into the details, but I was going through a lot of uh, stuff at home and my parents were on a lot of drugs. Uh, per state law, she was supposed to report any mentions of abuse, but I would clam up because if we got, uh, another CPS call, it would have negative consequences for me. She told me since CPS is already involved, I don't need to report it. Gave me a safe place to talk about my home life and having that emotional valve release is 100% why I'm still alive today. I ran away shortly after, but I still drop by her house every time I'm in town. Sorry to get heavy on you boys, but if it's any consolation, my folks are sober and we have a good relationship now. Cheers, Orpheus. Very cool. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it It is crazy how a teacher or a coach or a counselor can make such an impact and like do like just help people out and and kids need that. 
Oh yeah. And how one person, you know, a, a couple of hours out of their day, you know, makes a huge, huge difference and, you know, changes the course of Orpheus's life. I think sometimes it's easy for us to all forget that stuff when we're like, you know, busy on the day to day. I know I always, always forget that stuff and it's like crazy how little things can be so meaningful for others. Um, yeah. And I think it's, I think, the it's meet flip up. Side. I think it's a flip side too, is that sometimes teachers like, I mean, the teachers I talk to now, like, I don't think I realized how much of an impact they had on me then. So sometimes for teachers or counselors, it can be almost a thankless job as well. Definitely. Yeah, definitely thankless. The meetup. If we were beginning to brainstorm a post-COVID the meetup, let me throw out the idea of a minor league baseball game. Aqua Sox up here in Everett or Rainiers in T-Town. Hell, have two meetups this summer after we're all vaccinated. We need it. All the land. All the land. All the land. Yeah, I mean, look, I've, I've never been to a minor league game I didn't enjoy. Great point. <laughs> Same. They're actually a lot of fun. They're fun. They're cost efficient. They're, they're, they're faster. Yeah. <laughs> Beers are cheap. Um, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, yeah, that sounds like a great time. Yeah, I've definitely been out there in like center field at the Rainier Stadium, just rifling beers. A lot of fun. A big group of us could BS easily. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've been I've been to both. The Rainiers games were super fun. I've been yep. to Aqua Sox games, but you're right, man. That center field out at uh in Tacoma is pretty solid. Definitely. Yeah, Tacoma throws down, man. Um, to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. So you guys last week were discussing corned beef. I found this video on YouTube and it's a restaurant in San Antonio, Texas called the Magnolia Pancake House. Uh, from what I can tell, uh, they make a killer corned beef hash. He basically brines a brisket for two weeks to get the perfect flavor. Whoa. I've attached a video below if you want to watch it and pass it on to the boys if needed. Another place I found is Norton's in Santa Barbara uh, where they do six different varieties of pastrami sandwiches. Uh, if you can find the video for that one, just for its comedic value, uh, watching uh SNL alum Dennis Miller ripping on Guy Fieri's hairstyle. Thanks for the great content and keeping me smiling. Stevie, the Packers fan. Right. And Stevie's a cook, so I trust him with his food recommendations. Yeah. All right. Here's a question, boys. So we're taping this on the 9th, right? So we're so uh so next Wednesday will be St. Patrick's Day. So what's the proper celebration day? Do you celebrate it this weekend? Or do you celebrate it post next weekend? Dude, this is a perfect, perfect case study because when something lands on a Wednesday, you know, it's funny. I've been listening to old podcasts and we actually had this conversation previously <laughs> about a different holiday, about a 4th of July that was landing on a Wednesday. And we were like, well, next year it'll be easy because it'll be on Thursday. You get the second weekend off, but which weekend do you take off and whatever? And, you know, this is a perfect case study because it's like, this is a minor holiday albeit a very important one for some nationalities, but it's just big enough that people are going to turn up, but it's midweeks. So you don't really know what to do. I feel like you, I feel like you, you almost never celebrate the day after. So I would say this Saturday, but that feels a little early. Like if Halloween was going to fall on a Wednesday, it's the Saturday before, but St. Patty's day, tough to say. What do you think boys? <sighs> Yeah, I would. I mean, it's tough. I would say you got to do before just because like the anticipation's still there. I mean, 
if it's already happened, like, yeah, I don't think it's a major enough holiday to warrant doing a belated thing. We did a Christmas in like January this year because of COVID because we stayed down in California, Um, you know, and it's like, of course, it's Christmas. We're going to get that in. But it's not like I don't know if I'll feel the motivation to get St. Patty's Day in the next weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all agreeing on the same thing. So part of the reason I brought that up is because I was uh, I don't know about you guys. Sometimes you got to check what's on sale at the grocery store. But the. The sales that we start on Wednesdays, there was a bunch of corned beefs on sale. I was like, you know, cook a corned beef this weekend. Then I was like, when's St. Patrick's Day? But I'm with you. I would celebrate the weekend before and then St. Patrick's Day probably still go out and have like a couple (laughs) pints in a shot. Yeah. But it doesn't feel feel like a big, I mean, Cobb, you nailed it on the head. Like it's not a big enough holiday to be like, we'll celebrate the weekend after. And if you (laughs) celebrated the weekend before and the Wednesday of a little bit, you might just keep the celebration going the weekend after as well. <laughs> well, dude, Ted, it's funny. I was going to make fun of you for knowing when the sales start at the grocery store, but here's how cheap I am. Like around, you know, like all the kind of weird holidays that they do candy for, like Halloween or uh, Valentine's Day. I'm always getting excited for like February 15th, you know, November 1st, because I'm like, dude, that's when all the candy is basically free. I actually just bought some Easter candy the other day. <laughs> Ooh pretty early for you i know man i you know i i either go super early or the day after man and it's just it's 90 percent off candy day man it's great <laughs> yeah when i lived in belltown by that right aid i used to go in every november 1st and buy candy <laughs> <laughs> raid <laughs> i still have east i have one piece of easter candy left over because it's a reese's egg that's hollow and has reese's pieces in the middle oh oh but yeah over quarantine like I do like the Friday night Zooms, but the Smith Cousins, we'd do some. And it became like a joke that that egg, you guys probably remember me shaking it, yeah. was always right there next to me. So like now out of like just some stupid pride or proving a point, I have kept that egg. And when I, next time I see my cousins on the Zoom, like still got that fucking egg. <laughs> but it's almost- Dude, you should eat it on the Zoom for Easter. That'd be yeah, amazing. Oh, shoot. I guess some of them listen to this, so now they'll know. But that honestly, that would shock the whole Zoom call. Be a good hype move. <laughs> All right, Matt, let's take one more quick break, and then we'll come back with what's maddening. All right. <laughs> oh, uh, All right, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty exciting times down here in the Lone Star State. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you know. Why don't we see what MCTP's up to and check in with what's mattening? Hey, hey what's good? What's mattening? Uh, before we get to what's mattening. Hey, hey what's good? What's mattening? Check out with what's mattening. Hey, hey what's good? What's mattening? Uh, before we get to what's mattening. Hey, what's good? What's mattening? Check out with what's mattening. All right. So, I had a pretty eventful weekend, you could say especially by quarantine standards. Um, But I had an issue with my refrigerator. One of the drawers would like fill up with water and then that water would freeze. And then I'd just like take the drawer out and like let it melt and like chip the ice off and, you know, let it melt in the sink and put it back in there. And then it would, you know, have to do that again the next month. Like not a big deal to me. 
But so finally, my girlfriend was like, get this fixed. And I was like, oh, damn, I got a fridge guy. My old friend Max from the radio station. Yeah, he's fixing fridges these days. He's got a small business that he's been like crushing it with. And I hit him up and he was over within an hour, which is like what he does for all his regular customers, too. Um, And he fixed it within like 20 minutes and it was just awesome. And then uh, so I hadn't seen him in a while and he's just always, you know, as he's fixing the fridge and my girlfriend's here. I mean, the dude is just. He's a wild one. (laughs) He has a lot to say. He has a lot to say, and he does not put filters on. No. No, he's very unfiltered. And uh, yeah, so uh, then we decided, like, cool, let's give him a microphone and record an episode of Gone Viral and see what happens. And he went a little bit wild. uh, And, you know, but I thought it was a lot of it was fun, you know, and he I felt like he reined it in a little bit. And then I listened back to it and I was like, dear God, if any of my family members on Facebook actually go through and listen to this when I post about it, like that's that's questionable. But I figure they'll turn it off because of any some something he says before they get to anything that I say that they would have an issue with. So that was my like comforting thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that check out ted you know max oh trust me i do that's why i'm just like i i don't i can't even fathom what he was talking about it's i'm sure on, yeah yeah uncensored you know we don't we don't bleep stuff over there and he just it was a lot of fun you know and <laughs> that's what i'm there to do dude matt honestly to to jump in real quick we're almost just as bad. I listened to three of our podcasts last week. In one of them, Ted and I were talking about if we were billionaires, how we could dump Russian hookers off the back of our boat or Instagram models off the back of our boat and get away with it. We were talking about um, like how um, uh, how to like move drugs across the Mexican border. And the third one was, oh, what the definition of an orgy was. And I was just like, Jesus, boys. Like every one of those podcasts, just landmines. <laughs> What did we decide? Four or five people and there has to be two dudes at least. What we decided is if there is just one dude, then it's a threesome, foursome, fivesome. Uh, But as soon as there are two dudes, it becomes an orgy. Unless it would, of course, be two dudes and one girl. But, you know, anytime there's so I guess it would have to be four people plus and or and two dudes. Yeah. Then you're officially an orgy. Congratulations. Ted remembers. And also we could get away with it with the the uh, Instagram model. So we think. Yeah. That's just what billionaires do, Matt. Billionaires dump bodies in the Mediterranean all the time. Okay. (laughs) People go missing. Oh man. All right, Matt, anything else over there? Uh, yeah. Happy birthday to, uh, my buddy listens, John. I play a lot of golf with him. I've mentioned him, uh, multiple times on here and it was his birthday on Sunday. So we went and played Druids Glen Druids Glen had to withstand a little bit of weather 
uh, for about probably four and a half holes out of 18. There's some amount of precipitation. Sunday was wild, man. If you, when you talk, if it was like 11 or noon, there was like crazy hail coming down there. It was wild on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty, you know, intense rain on like, I would say two of the holes out of the four and a half, like two of those were like, holy smokes. This is, this is really intense by Seattle standards. But yeah, I mean, springtime, you're going to get those crazy thunderstorms. It was fun. I went bogey bogey on those holes, which, you know, for me, I'll take that, you know, any day of the week. Nice. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Happy birthday, John. All right. Was well, it about that time? Boop, doop, doop, boop, boop. topic. Cobb topic. Uh, so for those who don't know, Ted's a big Yeti fan, the cooler company. Um, I happen to be walking by their kind of like flagship store or whatever a week or two ago, sent my man a quick photo. They had taken a Yeti cooler and turned it into a foosball table, which is kind of cool. And, uh, I was thinking, so I, my house actually looks at the Yeti headquarters down here in Austin. So I can see it right now. And, uh, what I've been thinking about for the last couple of days was how, so many things in our life, the quality has gone way up. Um, but I always feel like I heard that saying, like, you know, they don't make them like they used to. So the cop topic this week is what do they not make like they used to feel free to email us the word email at the podcast.com, uh, or hit us up on Twitter. What do they not make like they used to Lois? Well, we could go back to a conversation we had years ago on this podcast and, uh, like, I'm, I'm not saying anything myself, but I believe our very own uh, MCTP was a little upset that there's no more shishka berries at Mariners games, and now they're just chocolate-covered strawberries. Ooh. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how spoiled I sound just having Mariners games and being like... <laughs> chocolate was that old Sherry? Strawberries. Look, this is in back of March Sherry? 2021. I don't know. I just never realized Shishkaberry was like a brand name until Matt was like, dude, they changed the Shishkaberries. So it's like there's still so our Sherry's. Yeah, sorry. I don't I, I'm just saying Shishkaberry is a chocolate covered strawberry brand. And is Sherry's berries like a competitor of theirs? Or are they the same people? I think so. Yeah. Sherry's yeah. berries is like an online based one. And I believe Shishkaberries is out of Seattle. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, because you only see them at like fairs or uh I don't know, like, well, yeah, the fair. I was going to say Bite of Seattle, which is basically a fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Dang, I've never had them, and now they're gone? No, they're still around Seattle. But not on a stick? Not, No, just not at Safeco Field. Oh, I T-Mobile. Safeco Field tried to go, T-Mobile Park tried to go in-house on it instead of, uh, you know, incorporating a, a, you know, brand that knows what they're doing. And if, if they're local, they should definitely bring them back because they really try and like highlight their connection to the local community these days. Yeah, a lot of stadiums are doing that. And that is weird that they would get rid of a local company. That was kinda, that's kind of the big push right now within the stadium game. Yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, I remember that one because I was like, I was like, yeah, they're chocolate covered strawberries. But if you want a specific one, that's completely different. I'm trying to think. 
I don't know that I have too much in my house. I mean, I guess some people will always say that with cars because they like the old school, like, uh, what do you call them? Uh, not metal cars. What, what do you call them? Like 57 Chevy muscle cars, muscle cars. Yeah. Right. And they're bigger and stuff and they're like heavier, but I don't know. I feel like technology helps out a lot of stuff. I mean, you can't argue with phones, right? You can't argue with weed. Dude, Ted, here's mine. You know what? They don't make like they used to the dollar menu. Late two thousands. That thing would hit, man. You could get a deluxe double stack from Wendy's. $1 one dollar now that's 2005 now 249 man yeah i mean i'm with you but i feel like the menu's still the same right it's just it costs more yeah i will say i i think in general food not with dollar menus or fast food but in general i think food's quality has gone down i feel like they're finding more and more ways to like make food cheaper and shittier oh sorry for swearing so yeah the second one tonight that's nice. and I agree with that too. And it's funny because some of the foods people pay the most now for good barbecue or this is kind of like we were talking about last week is going back to the like original way of just being like meat, fire, salt, pepper. Yeah, exactly. We went to uh, Terry Black's barbecue the other day, and that's that's the whole thing, man. It's like a competition smoker, and it's just you know like low and slow wood chips, and then you know a little bit of seasoning. Yeah, I mean. I guess you could say, well, <laughs> some t- some timepieces or watches, right? Because you just don't have the original guy doing it anymore. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's some like vehicle, you know, years and models, but I would say on the whole, most things have gotten better. Oh, you know what? Actually, uh, I would say apartments too. Now, a lot of them, they don't use post-tension concrete. They'll just do wood floors in Seattle. And so you can hear everything your neighbors do. That's a good call. Matt? I get that PT slab, bro. Yeah, I'm really like, I was thinking about the food one. And then I was thinking like, does Quiznos count? Because they used to make them in a lot bigger quantity. And to the point where I don't even know if their quality isn't what it used to be because there's so few of them exist anymore. Um, and I would say, you know, with food, you know, when I think about like, there's still so much awesome stuff um, to enjoy. But Quiznos is the one thing that I really like get upset about that Subway took him out. Like those guys, <laughs> they used to make a lot of them. They were like in every town and, uh, you know, they were amazing. I think they changed the recipe at least once and I still liked it on the bread. Um, but yeah, that subway stuff just like they blew up. I miss Quiznos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of that part of that's got to be just your heart and brain, right? Mine. <laughs> Well, just because like there's certain things that I like in Maryland, right? But like I brought friends there and they're like, yeah, this is good, but it's not like mind blowing because I think there's that connection to it, right? Uh, nostalgia. Honestly, controversial comment, but I like the old Domino's. I know I'm alone, but same thing. It's just links to my childhood. Which old Domino's? There's been like four different recipes there. I thought about just that. Just before they did the, before they did the big, big rebrand. Yeah. 
I think of at least two, but you mean the most recent one where the ads were the most like over the top? We suck. We understand that and we want to be better. Yeah, dude. Back when it used to be thinner and the way to tell is it didn't have that. uh, God, I know I'm such a neophyte. I know nothing about cooking, but whatever. What's that stuff on the bottom of the crust? Those little yellow things. Oh, cornmeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before they started doing cornmeal, like when it was just thrown in that box and like, you know, if it sat in there too long, the bottom tasted like cardboard. When you had to hold up a piece and it would just like drip off. That was my Domino's boys. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think the greatest example of not building it like they used to has got to be Coca-Cola. Because remember in the 80s, they came out with new Coke and people just revolted. We're like, what are you doing? Like we need Coca-Cola classic. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the like biggest failing mark failed marketing launches ever. And then Pepsi clear, I think came out to battle oh, it or yeah. whatever. I'll tell you what they don't build like they used to this fucking podcast. Yeah. All right, boys. <laughs> <laughs> from CCP for Cobb of the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers. Dude, you know how many people,